Mr. Ed, what's going on here? How old is your son? Um, 20. Okay, um, maybe he hasn't had the, the training that he needs to have, but why are there mortar stains everywhere? Why, why isn't he covering his workspace? And why isn't he protecting um, the pantry? Because I, I have, there, I mean, there's mortar spilled like in a lot of places. Let's look at the pantry because I've had this happen before, and this makes me nuts. The whole point of putting up the bisqueen is so that this not happened. Did you not train them how to do that properly so that dust won't get into the pantry? I did tell them that they, should, yeah, we should have cut up her dish with plastic. I said, but before you leave, make sure you clean her house. This is the plaintiff, Cherie Morgan. She says she hired the defendant to redo the floor tiles in her mudroom and pantry. And the guy did such a horrible job, it's unsalvageable. And she needs to have it entirely redone. She wasted $3,238.92 and is suing him for just that today. This is the defendant, Ed. He says he has five-star ratings for his work and thinks the plaintiff is some sort of scammer who goes around getting reputable people to do work around our house, then stiffs them. Bottom line, he did a great job, and he deserves to be paid and is the one owed money today. He's accused of causing tile trouble. The defendant has filed a countersuit for $2,500 for additional monies owed. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, Your Honor. Okay, Ms. Morgan, you hired Mr. Ed to do some work on your home. What was it you hired him to do? To replace the tile floors in two pantries and a mudroom. Okay, and how much were you supposed to pay him to do that? Well, he had originally come out to give me an estimate on my master bathroom. And that estimate was, I believe, 5,600. But I wasn't ready for the bathroom yet since I didn't have all the supplies. So what I did was, since I had all the floor tiles, I asked him to start on the pantries and the mudroom. But I didn't actually get a separate estimate on that ahead of time. And so after he so had what done were you supposed a couple to days, be? Wait a minute. Hold on. So what were you supposed to be paying for the pantries and the mudroom? That's what you had. You have a contract for something he didn't do, but you don't have a contract for what right. you did have him do. Really? So after he started, I okay. Yeah, that, I made a mistake there. That was a big mistake on my part. Okay, so go on. Right. So after he started the work, I asked him. I said, "How much?" I, I realized I didn't get this estimate from you. How much do I owe you for this? And he said he told me a hundred dollars an hour. Okay. And you said, "Well, he'd already started the work, and so I was, I had paid so him that, that amount." So that's fine. You wanted, didn't say okay. And so what happens with the work? The first day they came in, they would they did demolition of the previous tile that was there. They didn't protect anything in my house. Uh, they didn't put up any plastic over my pantry items. They hung one sheet of paper in the doorway of my pantry by nailing it into the wall. But he didn't, none of it was taped to the walls. It just hung by two nails and just, you know, swayed as they did the demolition. So the dust billowed all through my house. It was, the pantry was full of dust. 
he came in that after, and actually he didn't do any of the work. His son and his son's friend did the work. And I had specifically asked him when he initially came for the estimate, do you do the work yourself or do you subcontract your work? And he says, oh no, I do it. And my son and his friend. Ed didn't do any of the work actually, just his son and his and the friend did it. And so when he came in that first afternoon to check on the boys and how they were doing, I heard him tell the boys, oh, you should have covered all this up. All this, you should have covered this with plastic. But they didn't and it just, it made a huge mess. So that was the first day. Okay. The second day, they came in to start laying the tile. And um, there were some issues trying to figure out what kind of pattern I wanted, but that was, you know, we got that. I thought we worked that out. His son started laying tile. I left because I had things to do. I came back and it was a disaster. The grout lines weren't straight. The tiles weren't level. You could look across the tiles and see how some of them were higher or lower than others. Later on, after, because I was, you're not supposed to walk on it for 24 hours. So later on, when you did walk on it, you could step on one end, another end would pop up. Cut lines were wrong. The, the, their, their, their tile saw got dull and they didn't replace it. They just laid the tile anyway with those jagged cut lines. They left mortar everywhere. I mean, it was just, it was such a mess. Well, some of that well, was the second day. That's yeah, the, they really did. Yeah, that's when I told them there's problems. And I sent him a text that after the first day, I said, what do you, what can you do about tiles that aren't level? He says, we'll deal with it in the morning. So I gave him the chance to try to make it right on the third day. And he says, oh yeah, we'll take care of it. And so they started working again and I left again. And when I came back after the end of the second day, it was, it was even worse than it was before. And so I finally decided that um, I was just gonna have to pay someone to tear it out. So at some point, did you contact Mr. Ed and say, hey, you need to come over here and fix this? Or how did that go down? How did you tell them you're fired? I'm trying to figure out how your relationship with them ended. So I sent him a text. I said, there's some issues with the tile here. And I started sending him some pictures. And he has his read receipts turned on on his, his iPhone. I could tell he was reading the text messages. And the last message I sent him was, there are, message, there are issues here that I cannot resolve myself. Will you please come back out here and look at them? And he never answered me. He completely ghosted me after that. So at that Had point- Had you paid him I any money? Together, he asked me to pay him for the first two days at the beginning of that third day. And had you? So I did, I sent it to him by PayPal. He wanted me to send it cash How out. How much did I didn't you pay him? $1,600. And did, uh, did you contest that money with PayPal? I did. I sent them, I had sent him a certified letter. And when so he what have you paid? It, I'm sorry, just listen up. Did you, so did you end up paying him $1,600 or did you get that money back from PayPal? I got it back from PayPal. Yes, I got it back. Okay, so what have you paid him for the demolition? Zero? Zero. What demolition did he do? He took out the tile that was in my mudroom and two pantries. Anything else? No. Okay. And you are complaining of their workmanship, but you did fire them and not let them come back in and clean, although they shouldn't have left that day and left mortar in places. It was kind of messy. Right. But um, the bulk of your lawsuit is as a result of the walkway. So let's see some pictures of the walkway, and then I'm going to hand the floor to you, Mr. Ed, because I'm dying to hear about this. That's my walkway. That hole was not there before. That's just I don't know. more these, damage. These bricks don't look like they're in great condition. I don't know. Are no, you, I mean, they were, you know, it's, it's an old These, these are very they're... old bricks. Correct. So Why that's what they it looked laying, like all right, after Mr. Ed, what's going on here? How old is your son? Um, 20. Okay. Um, maybe he hasn't had the, the training that he needs to have, but why are there mortar stains everywhere? Why, why isn't he covering his workspace? And why isn't he protecting um, the pantry? Because I, I have, there, I mean, there's mortar spilled like in a lot of places. Let's look at the pantry because I've had this happen before and this makes me nuts. 
The whole point of putting up the visqueen is so that this not happened. Did you not train them how to do that properly so that dust won't get into the pantry? I did tell them that they, should, yeah, we should have cut up her dish with plastic. I said, but before you leave, make sure you clean her house. Don't leave her house like this. Okay, so she says that she texted you and that you ghosted her. Can you talk to me about that? She texted me the first day about tiles not being unlevel. So I told her I'd be there the next morning. We'd get it all straightened out. So we got there the next morning. I seen the ones that she was talking about. We got them straightened out. And, um, yeah, there's we clean up after we're done. It takes a, a damp sponge and to wipe the t uh, mortar off and the thin set, and we clean it out. So why go. am I seeing... Why am I seeing stuff looking like this if you clean it as you go? She didn't give us a chance. She told us that she was going to finish it herself. She didn't want us back at her house. And so right, I was with all due respect, as you go means that you don't leave that day until you've done it. That's what as you go means. Not at the end of your job yeah. when it's hardening and creating damage. So um, although I understand what you're saying that, you know, she, she told you to get off the job, why why did she fire you? How many days to go went by without you addressing it before she got sick of it and and told you don't bother? The very next day when I showed up, we I straightened out we straightened out the ones that she was complaining about, and um, yeah, I don't I don't know. Miss Morgan, they come back the next day. They supposedly straighten out the problem. Right. Yes or no? Uh, well, they thought I guess that was their idea of straightening it out, but it was worse the second day than it was the first day. Okay, so then uh, did they come back a third time or no? I guess just to be clear, so the first day, like I said, was demo. The second day was tile. The third day was um, okay. when they thought they were fixing Correction it. Correction of the tile. I understand. So a lot of your lawsuit has to do, first of all, you changed the walkway. You put in brand new pavers. You're suing for $2,000 for putting in new pavers instead of power washing it. Why would I order him to pay you $2,000 to put in nice new pavers? You, um, you know, that doesn't seem particularly fair. Why would that be appropriate? Well, it may be even just a portion of it. I understand that. But I mean, with those tiles being broken the way they were, there was no way to repair those broken tiles. Right, my dear, but like you, you had the garbage I had on TV a second ago, and now you got this, and you think he's going to pay for it? That's not going to happen. All right, now you also um, were pointing out that there was uh, $59.78 in damages. What say you about his answer, which is, you fired us. You didn't let us go back there and clean up. We couldn't go back there, even if you didn't like our tile work. I get that, but at least give us a chance to go back there and clean up. How are you allowed to complain about the mess they left if you told them don't come back and clean up? I did ask him to come back. That was my last text to him saying, there are still issues here. Can you please come back and look at them? And that's what he never that's answered what before. I, I did invite him back. That's right. what I want I to say. Let's back. look at your text. I'd really like you to come out and look at this. There are issues that I can't resolve. You read that and on never 14 because you have read receipts. And did you ever answer that? Because she says uh, that would be an opportunity for you to go out there and clean up. When had they done the job? December 1. That was the, they started on the 10th, the 11th, and the 12th were the days they worked. Okay, so on December 14th, she's inviting you to come out and do something about things and you don't answer her. Yeah, I'm just not a conflicted person. And I didn't want to go there and just argue with her over something pointless. If she would have let us finish the job, she would have been happy. No, she did. End. That's my point. See, I understand. So, look, we all make choices. The question is, who do those choices cost? 
I understand if you don't feel like having conflict, but when so you when someone says, please come and look at this stuff and you don't go, you don't get to later argue in court she didn't let us finish. She is inviting you back the next day to come and look and, and you can clean up and then remove her argument that she should be paid for the mess you leave. You see, you can't leave that mess, not go back when she asked you to, and then argue she didn't let us go back because then that's not accurate. Everybody stop talking a second and give me a moment. Oh, actually, you've got a counterclaim against her for $2,500. Why don't you tell me about that? She only paid us for 16 hours out of the 21 hours that we were there. And um, Are you aware that that's been it, reversed it was, by PayPal, according to her? Or are you not even yeah, aware of that? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Oh, you are? Okay. Um, I owe PayPal right now $1,600 that they returned to her. They said uh, the only reason right. they returned it because she didn't sign where I uh, sent the estimate saying that we would work for $100 an hour. Well, I don't agree with PayPal on that. Because if someone sends you a text that says it's $100 an hour and you acknowledge being told that and you let the work continue, that to me is an acceptance of the rate of $100 an hour. Okay? So no. Mm -hmm. You don't get free demolition. I understand about all of the, 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 the mess that was left. You're going to get something for that. I understand that you needed to pay for replacement tiles because you had to get rid of those. You're going to get that. I understand that you had to clean. You shouldn't have had to clean. You're going to get that. But that is not going to end your lawsuit of 3000 on top of depriving him of a penny. That's not going to stand. Can I ask a quick question? I don't know if it matters at this no, point. No, you cannot. I'm thinking big thoughts. My question was about the demolition because I had to pay someone else to do demolition all over again. And I do have a witness if you'd like it for that. Yeah, I do want to hear from your witness. Let me get you to raise your right hand, please. You solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you God. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Your Honor. Okay, what is your name, please? Jacob Webb. All right, Jacob, were you hired by Ms. Morgan to come in after those fellows left? Yes, ma'am. And what were your impressions of the job that was done and why? The job that was done is some of the, uh, the most inexperienced tile setting I've ever seen. Every tile that was laid, um, the mortar that was trialed under, under each tile was still wet. Mortar should have been dry in 24 hours. However, many days later, um, it was still as wet as the day it went on. Um, these tiles... There wasn't a tile in there that was level um, to one another, uh, which is a dead giveaway to just, just inexperience. Okay. Based on what I have heard, this is how I feel about this situation. First of all, I do not agree with PayPal that if you didn't get it in writing, you're not uh, entitled to a penny. To me, I see it in black and white on the text that... You, you say, she says, oh, I forgot to ask you for a price. And then you say the price is X. And then if she doesn't answer, she doesn't answer, but she doesn't object. And silence in the face of that is pretty much acquiescence. And she's testified here today that, well, well, what could I do? Yeah, that was going to be it. Ha now, having said that, there has to be worth to the work, okay? If there's no worth to the work, that would be the reason why she doesn't have to pay. All right. So I am looking at the tile and I do see that it's incredibly uneven. I do see that the saw wasn't sharp. I do see that these fellas, these 20 year olds you sent to her home are kind of clueless about what they're doing. And maybe they weren't ready for you to not be on the job and supervise them. Maybe it's not enough that you go in the morning and say, blah, 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 and leave. 
So if there is no worth to the work, and in fact you have created work for her, then um, on your lawsuit against her, I am ruling in her favor and finding that there isn't money that she owes you. And on her lawsuit against you, she did give you an opportunity to, to fix things, not only uh, the next day with the tile, but also three days later when she asked you to come back and take a look at this stuff. She can't resolve it, and you ghost her. So, you know, there's a mess. There's new tile that had to be bought. There's some uh, paint damage, um, and I am going to award her some money for that. It's not going to be anywhere near what you're asking because he's not putting in new outside tiles for you. By my estimations, the whole cost of the tile, I'm going to award you about $200 for the mess and the paint and the broken item. That's $684.82. Verdict for the plaintiff. Zero on the counterclaim. Thank you. Well, the plaintiff recovers only $684. She had been suing for $3,200. That's a big difference. Uh, we'll get to her in a moment. Mr. Ed, let me ask you how you, re how, how you feel about the outcome. You're not going to get five stars for your work on this job. You know that. <laughs> yeah, we downed a couple stars on that one. What, what do you think about the, the judge's decision? You get zero on your countersuit. And really, would you agree you did a lousy job or not? No, she didn't let us finish it. I don't have no unhappy customers. We clean up as we go. If she would have let us finish, it would have been fine. And then if she wouldn't have been happy, I would have made it right. Well, as the judge put it, she, she offered you the opportunity to come back and you ghosted her, as, as she put it. So that's it. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, but you, you owe her what the judge decided, some over $600. Uh, Ms. Morgan, let's get to you. How do you feel about the outcome of this? You know, you were suing for considerably more than you got. What, what's your opinion? Oh, I believe it was fair. I mean, I figure the worst you can do is say no. Um, I gave him the chance to try to make the job right. He says he, tr he makes his customers happy, but he didn't make any attempt to make it to make me happier to make it right. And so that's why I had to hire someone else to start over and do it all over again. And I'm very happy with the work now. It's beautiful. All right. Well, very good. I'm glad you're happy. Okay. All's well that ends well. Harvey, what do you think? So this is an interesting case where the plaintiff did allow the defendant to come back and finish the job, but the defendant refused. The plaintiff has that obligation to let him come back and at least try to finish it one time after it's not done properly. And the plaintiff did that in this case, which is why the plaintiff won. But you need to give somebody who performs a service at least one opportunity, unless it's horrific. Hey, judges, what can I do when the neighborhood kids continue to play on my lawn? I've told them to stop, and I've told their parents, but no one listens. Should I sue them for trespassing? Thanks, Rawling. Ah, uh, you meddling kids, get off my lawn. Get off my lawn, you kids. <laughs> yeah, but um, we're joking, but they're actually, I mean, it's a problem because if they get hurt on the lawn, he yeah. could be liable and stuff. Mm, if that's there's true. Some, uh, you know, something. And they might be damaging his lawn. We don't really right. need it. Really right. Say you don't want people on your property. I get right. it. So you're, you're entitled to keep them off of your property, and parents can be liable for the trespass of their kids in certain circumstances. What are the damages, though? Yeah, the damages are kind of sketchy so far, but, you know, as an alternative to a lawsuit, he says he's already talked to them and that didn't work. There's other things he can do. He can fence the yard in. Yeah. Maybe that's expensive. Maybe he doesn't want to do it aesthetically. He can get a big dog. 
right? Oh, oh heavens, but, what are you? Well, I mean, it might be, you know, it could be an angry dog, or it could be a friendly dog that he doesn't really clean up after very well in the yard, <laughs> make the yard less attractive to the children. Seriously, Everybody what can wins. the guy do? He's frustrated. Well, you know our friend. I think you're thinking that he's being ridiculous. I think you're thinking these kids could be out doing drugs and they're yeah. playing there, what's the big deal? Yeah, it's a but much. it is true, though. I mean, yeah. it's your property. You don't want these kids running across your property. Right. I mean, I would contact the police. Short, I wouldn't file a lawsuit for trespass because you're going to look ridiculous to the judge because they've got real cases to worry you about. You should think about but I would really call a, the police. What about a fence or a maybe it's a barrier of some shrubs or something? Just succulents. Kind of, yes, succulents. Succulents. Cacti. Cacti. Better. That's it. You know what? When I was a kid, I used to wander around the fields around near my house because my parents both worked. And one of the things I'd run into were these barbed wire fences from time to time. And they'd be insulators, so you knew they might be electrified. And I got a pro tip for you. If you take a big blade of really green grass and you just touch it to the wire first, if it tingles, it's hot. You don't want to touch it or try to climb over it. But Where was your mother? She was working. Okay, I know, but where was your mother supervising <laughs> you even from work? I worked. There wasn't, you can... <laughs> there wasn't a lot of supervision. Not a lot of supervision. This is the plaintiff, Dennis Hutchins. He says the defendant rented from him for seven years. Now that troublemaking woman owes him rent she stiffed him on. And he's not about to let her get away with it. So he's suing for the $1,111.24 he's owed. This is the defendant, Darlene Stevenson. She says she was constructively evicted because the other tenant in the building smokes and it seeped into her apartment. The building smoke-free. The plaintiff did nothing to enforce the rules and she moved out. End of story. She's accused of trying to live rent-free. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket. Uh, the plaintiff says that the defendant was his tenant for seven years. She's a troublemaker who owes him money. But the defendant says that she was forced to move out because of cigarette smoke, which seeped into her apartment, even though it was a no-smoking building. It's the case of Tobacco Road. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, man. All right, Mr. Hutchins, you uh, were the defendant's landlord for how long? Uh, approximately seven years. And what kind of a building is this? It's a, an old building built in 1870, three, wow. uh, three apartments, two upstairs, one downstairs. Okay, and she lived in one of the upstairs ones? She did. All right. Now, at some point recently, was that the first time you had had trouble with her, that she stopped paying rent? No, she was habitually late or tardy, and uh, we tried to address it. Uh, I think that part of her problem was that she didn't have the means... So we reduced the rent from 515 to 475, and things didn't go well even with that. And uh, I suggested to her that maybe I should institute a late charge for the rent, and uh, she didn't like that. She referred to me as being money hungry and turned away, and we didn't discuss it no more. But it didn't change the situation. Of course you should have a late charge. If you don't have a late charge, then she's going to be late because there's no consequence to a tenant who doesn't have a late charge. So, yeah, you should have a late charge. Was she on a month-to-month? -month? Correct. Okay. And had she been on a month-to-month -month for the whole seven years? Correct. Okay. Um, now, according to you, she was $15 shy 
of the complete rent payment in September. Correct. And then she didn't pay October or November, and she moves out. Did you know she was moving out? There was no announcement that she was leaving. Okay. So how did you find out that she had left? When I drove by the building the given day they, they were moving out, I think it was the 29th, I seen a moving truck there, and her people were carrying her items out. Okay. And did you say something? I did not see her, and I didn't want to get involved with her people. Okay. So did she leave you the keys? She did not. All right. Ms. Stevenson, what was the reason yes. after seven years of living there that you wanted to leave or that you decided to leave? The reason that I decided to leave is I asked Dennis if he will have them to stop smoking the people downstairs. Have who's the people downstairs were smoking? Yes. And it's a smoke. Okay. It's supposed to be a smoke free environment. And I'm allergic okay. to smoke. So I asked him and he said that I have to take it up with them. Well, a couple of months I took up with them and they smoked still every day. Okay. So did you and ever would, tell uh, Mr. Hutchins that you were going to move out? I did not tell him I was moving out. I was going to tell him I was moving out when I give him back the keys. That's how you were going to let him know that you were moving out? Because you're supposed to give notice. Well, I didn't give a notice because okay. I was having problems with the attendants downstairs. Right, but that what does that have to do with your landlord? Well, for the last past seven years, I've been paying this man cash. He has never, ever once given me a receipt. Were you $15 short in September? I might have been $15 short. Did you pay October? Yes. Did you pay November? No. Do you have proof that you paid October? No, because I paid him yeah. cash. I know, but see, I don't I don't pay cash with this hand unless I get a receipt with this hand. Because otherwise, how right. am I going to prove I paid something? Did you right. so when you say he wouldn't give receipts, then don't give him the cash. You you'll see how fast he writes a receipt. You all a receipt is is a pen and a paper and he says, "I hereby acknowledge getting $475 in rent for March." That's all that's all a receipt is. So if he doesn't have his own receipts, then you have receipts and you have him sign it. But so you would give him cash and not give him receipts. But the problem right. is he says you didn't pay, you owe $15, which is a really weird thing to make up for September, and that you didn't pay October and that you didn't pay November. And according to you, you didn't pay November because you knew you were leaving and he could just take the security deposit to cover November. Is right. that right? Well, so your rent is due on the first of the month, right? Right, right. So on the first of the month, you don't pay the rent because you know you're going to leave at the end of the month. That means you could have given him notice, but you didn't give him notice. Well, because there's been problems with the people downstairs. I don't know how that, that doesn't mean, I understand that you don't want to live there. Nobody's going to make you live there. But if you have problems with other neighbors, you're free to go. You just got to follow the rules everybody else has to follow. Let me ask you a question, Mr. Hutchins. How long have you been a landlord? At that building, 35 years. 35 years. Did you ever send the tenant a letter telling her why you were keeping the security deposit and itemizing whatever amounts you needed for either damages and or rent or anything else? Did you ever do that? She never left a forwarding address. Did you ever leave a forwarding address, Ms. Stevenson? 
a forwarding address. I don't have a forwarding address. Well, you're living somewhere. There's a couch, a, a curtain. So you're getting mail somewhere. That's what I mean by uh, a forwarding address. Wow. Well, I moved in with my daughter. Right. That would be the address that you would give because if you, here's how it works. He has to write a letter itemizing all of the damages unless you don't give a forwarding address. So he didn't write the letter, and I guess you must know about that requirement, Mr. Hutchins, because your first word was there was no forwarding address. But you know that as a landlord, you're supposed to write the letter, so long as they give you a forwarding I, address. You know that, right? I filled out a piece of paper like this right here, and I had it sent to her employment, so okay. she was aware of this okay. breakdown. So let's talk about that. All right, so according to you, she left the place damaged. How did she leave it damaged? Dirty. Uh, had to replace four shades. I had to replace the keys, the locks, because the keys were not left. Yeah, why didn't you just leave the keys, Miss Stevenson? I don't understand that, because you were moving out. Why didn't you just leave the keys on the counter? To be honest with you, I did not move myself out. My three daughters moved me out, because I had to work that day. Okay. So I called his house, but there was no answer. By the way, the security deposit was how much, 515 Yes, ma'am. So according to you, the yeah. 515 is taken up from damages. So now let's, you know, you can't just say that. You have to itemize what is worth what and prove what is worth what. You have to account for every penny of the security deposit. But let's look at the pictures. You you are keeping her security deposit because she left this rack in the bathroom. With no, with no towel bar back there that she had removed. Okay. She left a bag on the wall. That's kind of that was just, petty. That's just an example of the of the things that she left behind that I had to remove. The devils are in the details. I need to see the actual things she left behind. Your next picture is debris in a closet, and I believe that is a leaf, right? Could be, yes, I think it is. Yeah, and you're going to keep a security deposit over that? This little piece of paper, okay. Well, I... Let's see. Dirty sink, that one I'll hand to you. That one is a dirty sink. That should have been cleaned better. Dirty top of stairwell. There's one item on the stairwell, and you're taking a picture of that, and you're keeping her deposit for that. Item lying around. Oh, it's a pen. There's a pen on the floor, and then you had to change the lock. Yes. Okay, but why did you change the handset and the and the whole lock? No, just the upper part of the lock and the lock okay. on her door upstairs, which she didn't leave the key for. Um, that is I, not $515. No, no, you don't even have to. That is not $515 worth of damages, okay? It's not. Now, Ms. Stevenson, you're, uh, by the way, you're do how many daughters do you have? Three. And I have all three, three of them help, help to pack you up and move you out? Yes. They're good girls. Yes. They're good girls. Thank I have you. three daughters Thank also. You. I don't know that they would get together and help move me out. Um, I'd hope so. But there's a bag left behind. There's a pen on the floor. Those are not damages. The towel bar, that's eh, probably damages. What does a towel bar cost? Eh, 20 bucks, okay? But the fact that he has to bend over and pick a leaf and a little piece of paper is absurd. You have to understand, Ms. Stevenson, that you can't look at me and say, yeah, I paid all my rent. You got to prove that you paid the rent. He says that as soon as the smoke started bothering you, you threatened, well, I'm not going to pay the rent because the smoke is bothering me. And that kind of has the ring of truth to it, aside from the fact that you have the burden of proving your defense. And if your defense is, no, 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 I paid it, well, pony up the proof, and you can't. So I am finding in favor of the plaintiff, 
for the $15 in September, $4.75 in October, and $4.75 in November. And that is $965. Can I say something? Did you ever, yeah, can you hold on one second, though? Mr. Hutchins, did you ever file a, a, an eviction? Like, or, I mean, did you ever file like a three-day notice or anything on her or no? I did not. Okay, and she never told you she was leaving. And what were you going to say, Ms. Stevenson? Go ahead. Another reason that I am um, talking is he let a sex offender move in downstairs, which my daughter's would not let my grandkids come over because of it. How did your daughters even and know? Did they run the tenant? How did they find out? The neighbor next door found out. But he told that person to leave, right? Uh, he did not. The person got arrested. For not registering? For not registering, yes. That he was too close. He got arrested for, he was too close to a, school to a school and and a park. All right. Um, how bad was the smoke? It was real bad. And the neighbor downstairs told me that they did smoke and they smoked in the bathroom and uh, they had the fan on as they smoked while well, they came up into my, my apartment. So yeah, it was pretty okay. bad. I was having migraines from the smoke. The problem is that you're supposed to give notice. That's a problem, Ms. Stevenson. I don't find that there's any damages. He can't keep that 515 for damages. That's kind of silly. But there is a problem, and he's not, he, doesn't, he didn't even sue for December, but you're supposed to give 30 days notice, and you didn't give the notice, which kind of entitles him to keep the security deposit or part the, the 475 out of the security deposit to pay December because you're supposed to give notice. The only way you wouldn't have to give notice is if I find that that smoke was so bad that you couldn't give notice. You had to leave right away. But you and I both know that's not true because you already told me how in the beginning of November you already knew you were leaving. So there wasn't a rush to move out for an emergency reason. You just decided you weren't going to give him notice, and you can't do that. So I find he's entitled to the $15 in September. He's entitled to October, November, and December. But there's $515 that um, he already has for that, and that means he's entitled not to what he's suing for, but to $925 additional dollars from you. Um, for all the rent for October, November, December, and partial September. Uh, not partial, the 15th of moved September. Out. I moved out in November. I know, but you still got to pay November. You got to pay October. You've got to pay December because you didn't give notice that you were going to move out, and you have to pay the $15 in September. So when I add all that together, it's $1,440, from which I will deduct the $515 he already has, and that leaves an amount that is still due and owing to him of $925, verdict for the plaintiff. Good luck, folks. So the plaintiff recovers $925. He was suing for $1,124. Ms. Stevenson, you owe him another $925. What do you feel about that? How do you feel about the judge's decision? I'm very upset about it. Well, you heard the judge explain you didn't give him notice. You didn't give him notice. I know. You had to do that. But it's hard. It's very hard. 
Well, it's a shame you lived there for a long time and it ended up like this. That's uh, that's kind of a shame. But in any event, you lost the case big time. Sorry about that. I know. Mr. Hutchins, I guess you're satisfied uh, because you are going to get a good bit of money. How about that? Well, I appreciate the court hearing my case and uh, the results of the judge's determination of it. All right, sir. Well, listen, congratulations. You have prevailed in the case. Thank you very much, and I hope it works out better for you with tenants in the future. All right, Harvey, we have a lot of these kind of disputes, uh, rental disputes. What do you think about this one? Okay, Doug, you know, there are a lot of uh, cases that we've had in the People's Court over smoke. Um, if there is something in the lease that says it's a no-smoking building. The landlord has an obligation to enforce that. Not only to enforce it, to police it. And that means if another tenant is smoking and it really becomes onerous to other tenants, the landlord has a duty to stop that tenant or evict that tenant. And if you're just a third party living in that building and it's unbearable and the landlord isn't doing anything, you would have a claim against the landlord because that's the lease that you signed that says no smoking. Hey, judges, what do you do to relax? A question from Judith. Judith, I never have a problem relaxing, okay? <laughs> Marilyn has to find things to do to relax. I'm, I'm naturally relaxed, yeah. but I, I like to play golf, as you know. Uh, I play a little bit of golf. Um, I like pinball, and I like to read. So yeah, that's do, like the most relaxing thing for me you to just sit down. I like to read books and, you know, whatever I can get my hands on. I'll read a cereal box if there's nothing else to read. So. Yeah, that's true. But how about you, Marilyn? Uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I think relaxing is way overrated. Um, <laughs> you would think. But I'd love to kayak. I'd love to be on the water. Right. Um, uh, during COVID, we bought a pedal paddle board, so I look ridiculous going on my pedal paddle board no, up and down the canal, but I love it. I look ridiculous right next to you. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and really, probably the one thing I do every day to relax is, is power walk. Yeah, you and, do. Yeah. And it always amazes me because I'll get out of bed at 730 and I'll come downstairs and she's just gone. There's no, <laughs> there's no evidence except maybe in a, a half-empty coffee mug, but... You know, you've done more by 8 a.m. than I've done all day already, and I'm going to do all day. That's going to do it for this session of the People's Court. We want to see you tomorrow, so tune in, and we will see you then. <laughs>